Welcome to the Evolve Pod, brought to you by Evolve Wellbeing Group. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Evolve Pod. Uh, thank you for all the listens and the feedback that you've been uh, you've been sending in recently. Genuinely appreciate all, all of you um, taking the time to listen to the Evolve Pod and hopefully learning from the awesome and inspiring guests and their stories that we've had. I'm bringing you another guy tonight. Um, we connected about four or five years ago um, down in Abingdon in Oxfordshire. Uh, his name's Ben, Ben Richardson. He's the uh, founder and owner of Can Do Martial Arts. And, uh, you know, again, one of life's uh, sort of legends, actually. I've got a lot of respect for this guy. He's, he's achieved a lot. We've been kind of running through just before the recording what he's achieved. And it's kind of like it's quite hard to get what he's achieved out of him. He's very humble. But he's been a JKS Team England member, a British champion, fifth down black belt in Shotokan Karate and black belt in multiple art systems and then also holds a master's degree in sport and exercise science. So that's a really brief synopsis of what Ben's been up to over the last sort of 26, 27 years. Recently moved up to the Lake District, which I'm kind of hugely jealous of. But Ben, thank you very much for coming on the pod. It's great to see you. We haven't caught up for a little while, but really appreciate you coming on. How's everything going? Yeah, thanks so much, Ali. I mean, it's uh, you know, you're a, you're a top guy. It's it's great to connect again, and uh, yeah, yeah, life's life's good, you know. I mean, I can't complain. Nice. That's that's always a good way to start. <laughs> so we so we yeah we used to so we used to lead the sessions. I used to come to to on a Friday morning uh, down in the the dojo in Abingdon, and I've always had since my sort of teenage years. I've always had a little bit of an interest in martial arts and never really taken it too seriously I've never kind of invested as much time as you know on reflection I would have maybe liked but it's always something that I've really enjoyed and felt a lot of benefit from in many different ways particularly the, the fitness side of things the confidence side of things but I think there's many more layers to it that I've not really been sort of exposed to because I've never really gone down that route as much as somebody like yourself and I'm really keen to explore today in terms of, you know, well-being and, you know, the life journey, what martial arts has brought to you, because obviously it's a fundamental part of, of who you are, which I find really interesting. And so where did it all begin? How, how did you get into martial arts? Um, so I started martial arts in about 1986, I think, uh, 85, 86, something like that. Um, and my dad had done karate at university um but that's not what you know that didn't i didn't really care about that um on a friday night my dad used to go to video world which was a local uh you know like blockbuster type thing and he'd always bring back a couple of movies um and one of which would always be a martial arts movie so you know, we watched Jackie Chan movies, we watched Bruce Lee movies, we watched American Ninja movies, we'd watch all these, you know, different movies. And so there, there might be something else, but there'd always be a martial arts flick. And back then, you know, there's no YouTube, there's no internet or anything like that. So all you knew of martial arts was what you saw on on tape. Yeah. Or 
there was uh, I think fighting I think it was fighting art illustrated was the the magazine um that was on the market then and that was that was the only one you know in my area you could get so I'd, I'd be watching these movies going to the magazine looking at these like guys dressed up as ninjas or and all all the kit you could buy and it was just you know there was that magic element to it um you know a lot of uh people disappearing in a cloud of smoke and then reappearing throwing a shuriken or you know kicking someone to the other side of the room or whatever it was and you just thought wow you know that is amazing to be able to do that would be incredible and so it was just a fascination around that and uh believe it or not back then in my local area there was basically karate or judo uh but you couldn't you couldn't join any clubs until about 12 12 years old so i was i think i must have been eight or nine at the time and uh yeah we found a club that would take people from nine years of age uh and my dad after lots of pestering took me down to the local club in Annick up in Northumberland uh yeah and I was very fortunate that I joined a really you know good club because there's a lot of rubbish out there I'm not sure what sort of language we can use in your podcast no, but you go for it <laughs> there's a lot of shit out there yeah, yeah. and uh you know there was back then and there definitely is now loads of it but um yeah this was a really good club and i was very fortunate um it was part of the karate union of great britain which is probably the biggest shokan karate association of the era um and alan wilson was my sensei and he was a, a fantastic karateka you know he just he was a little guy but he could produce a lot of power in his movement and he had a really good manner about him. He was very sort of welcoming, but he pushed you hard. Um, and I just remember being in awe of people like him and, and seeing the stuff they could do as a kid. Uh, yeah, that just really captivated me. And um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to say I, <clears throat> I never look back because as a kid, you know, you're into things, you're out of things. It wasn't an easy journey but that was you know that my dad bringing videos home and a couple of magazines was what what sort of got me into it when I was like nine years old so jump jumping ahead quite a few years now so where you are now and I know you you've kind of moved away from Abingdon but you're still you know you're still going to do some coaching yeah some training how does it feel then for you to be you know the equivalent person you know coaching bringing these junior kids through through your dojo that must feel pretty cool right because you know it's something I've considered with my kids to bring them down when they're old enough to come and start having a having a go and mm. to have people like yourself you know to look up to and to be you know the role models that must feel pretty pretty cool considering you've kind of come on that whole journey from that original nine-year-old going into the club meeting that guy Alan and really mm. kind of idolizing him idolizing the Jackie Chans etc and now you're kind of on you know you're sort of on that level you're up there you're you're inspiring other people how, how does that feel um it's uh <laughs> it's one of those things that um i probably don't or haven't until very recently recognized and i don't see myself in that way um i wouldn't you know although i've surpassed 
um, my original sensei by many grades. I wouldn't see myself, you know, in in that same frame. And uh, yeah, one of you know, I've I've got heroes in martial arts, my my own coaches that inspire me. Um, and I'm not really the type of person that has sat back and looked at what I've achieved in any in any landscape and uh yeah sort of uh I guess congratulated myself on that I'm always looking to do the next thing or take on the next challenge and actually you know as we're on a well-being podcast I, I uh, decided to put myself into therapy um probably about 18 weeks ago now and one of the things we've been working on is recognizing success and being okay with the fact that you are successful um because i would never you know i would never spend any time acknowledging that so that you know that question is you know i i, I can appreciate now that i've done i have become uh, to some extent an inspiration for some people um you know i have obviously created a a, a large business that's its focus is on helping people you know discover themselves and follow their dreams or just understand what's possible for them um but yeah me me looking at it from a perspective of look what i've done isn't isn't something that I've done much of. <laughs> yeah, no, I can totally understand that. And it's um, you know, it's not in everybody's, you know, character, should we say, to take the time to reflect on what they've done. There's no there's no shame or uh there's nothing wrong with looking forward to what can I do next? What's the next thing? What's the next challenge? You know, I think we I think everybody has a certain um mindset of what's coming up for me next. But I think it is really really uh it's a really good thing to reflect on what you have done and what you have achieved because yeah. it kind of that has built into who you are now that's really interesting to hear that that's something that you're kind of working on to yeah. to, to, to I, kind I of understand it yeah yeah I think you know I've talked to a lot of successful people and I think um you know a lot of those people uh are exactly like that they don't acknowledge their success it's something that I'm not saying that I'm like super successful or anything but um you know, it's just something that you see as well. I've I've done that, therefore anyone could do that. Um, so I don't need to shout about it. And um, it, you know, you've got that expectation of yourself to achieve. So when you do achieve, it's like, well, that's what I set out to do. So I'll just go on and do the next thing that I want to, you know, try and achieve. Um, and that's not. I don't think that's a healthy way to be. Uh, you know, you need you need that drive, but I think actually, you know, my my coach has really been working on that sense of being kind to yourself, which is a very hard thing for a lot of people to do. I think particularly guys uh, find it hard to do, but I'd say anyone who's a high achiever probably finds it hard to be kind to themselves, um, and that's something that's had a big impact on me in the last you know, few months as I've, as I've started to work with my coach, uh, on, on this sort of stuff. Um, but I knew it was the stuff I needed to work on. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, 
acknowledgement is a is a big step forward uh, it's not easy to do it's not easy to do with sincerity but it's certainly something that everyone should do yeah definitely well it, you are very accomplished in what you've done and you know you talked uh, just now about the you know where did it where it all began yeah. and the, the comic and the magazine and the, and the videos I remember coming to the dojo to train with you on a Friday morning and it's just you and I and uh, we spoke about this offline just now but you tasked me to try and just tag you on the chin and I gave it 110%, 120%. I gave it everything I've got and got more and more frustrated, which was probably the worst possible outcome. But I never managed to tag you. And you never even looked at me. You never even looked me in the eyes. You were just kind of like floating around like a ghost. And that for me, when I left that session, I had this sort of really strange sort of feeling of awe in terms of I was very frustrated because I never actually managed to tag you on the chin. But also like that, the incredible um understanding of human movement of perception of all of these great things that humans have and you absolutely epitomized all of those just in in the kind of 30 seconds of, of training and it was an amazing sort of almost beautiful thing for me to to witness because you know it it kind of really showed all the hard work and all the training and all the research and everything that you've put in has allowed you to become you know that high level of of trainer of athlete of martial artist that you are and it that for me was a really 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 interesting session even though I completely failed in my task but it was great to sort of be a part of that um but yeah so your, your journey with martial arts obviously when you started at nine nine years old and it was clearly kind of somewhere inside you that this was going to be a, a bit of a journey what was the journey like was it just was it linear you just kind of got better and better and more confident and just stuck at it or were there times when you kind of thought maybe not for me yeah um you know I wasn't very sporty until I was about 18 um you know sort of ball sports and stuff like that I wasn't brilliant at and um Karate was one of those things that I just, it just sort of seemed to click with me. And I thought, actually, I'm quite good at this compared to, you know, the majority of the people I was training with. And I have a few memories of being a kid, um, you know, and getting praise from senior grades for my work ethic or my technique or things like that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it, I think that was something that was different for me from being involved with, you know, the football and rugby, which was pretty much all you could do in the Northeast, uh, you know, one of the two. And, and where I was, it was mainly football. Um, so my dad was, uh, you know, an elite level footballer. He played for Wolverhampton Wanderers and, um, you know, a few other professional professional clubs back in the I think the 60s like late 60s early 70s um <clears throat> so he had a very strong uh, work ethic in terms of how you should approach a sport you know and it should be done in a way that develops skill as a as a priority um not saying that's the right way to do it but I think as a kid, you know, my dad was excited that I was into martial arts because he'd done it at university 
maybe it was something we could connect on uh because although i did football to a relative you know like a county sort of level i hated it like i hated it and i only did it because you kind of had to do it at school and because my dad wanted me to do it but this was something that wasn't you know his things so he'd done a bit of it but um it was something for me and but at the same time his his worth that could work ethic was instilled in me and that I guess that sense of if we're going to do it we've got to do it right so being a technical sport where you know you have certain stances certain positioning body shapes or whatever it is I became very focused I think early on on you know doing that to the you know the the best I could and um I remember you know practicing in the garden and stuff like that my dad going get you stand slower you know do that again stuff like that um but it became sort of a mantra for me when I train it's like I've got to do these things uh you know I think that that's what kind of pushed me in in my technical proficiency for a while um the journey wasn't easy it was um I remember I think and I think I see it in my own students up to about green belt which is which is just almost halfway towards your black belt there's kind of an energy and a positivity about progression but then as things get harder you you know things slow up and you know particularly for kids it's about well you know I need that reward I need that next belt so I think around well i know around green bucks you can tell if you look at my uh, old grading book there's a there's a two-year gap where i didn't grade from uh, green belt to purple or something like that um and i remember uh being at high school i think probably the first year of high school but so about 13 years old trying to get out of karate to join the scouts and my dad was like having none of it he was like nope you joined up you're gonna get to your black belt and when you get a black belt, you can quit if you want. But until then, you are going to karate, and that is it. And um, yeah, so scouts. Got, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I think again around about brown belt. Uh, again, I would see this in my own students. It's it's tough brown belt because you're essentially the same grade for about two two years or more. Um, because black belt is obviously a very high standard or it should be a very high standard. And, um, you know, people lose a lot of motivation then because you're pretty much doing the same stuff over and over and over and over again. Um, and yeah, so motivation can be lost in that time period. And I think when you, the, the for, for a lot of people, when you're not grading regularly, so you're not, you know, going to those tests every three or six months or, yeah, for me it was six months my dad was like you, you're not doing three-month gradings you're going to work hard for six months and then you'll grade and we're not going to fail it's quite a taskmaster got issues but um <laughs> you know but i never failed the grading so I, I always passed um but i did have those blips as a green belt and a brown belt where i kind of almost chucked it and then actually when i got to university um i met someone who did Jeet Kune Do and I'd, I didn't even know you know I was a big fan of Bruce Lee but just like you know you watch his movies and unless you research Bruce Lee you don't know that he does Jeet Kune Do or he founded this concept of Jeet Kune Do 
and I had a sparring match with this guy um, who was who'd sort of taken over the Jeet Kune Do club, and I was kind of used to sparring a certain way, and he did it a completely different way, and he he basically kicked my backside in this sparring match, and I was like, oh my god, like I just got smashed by this person who's been doing Jeet Kune Do for three years and I've been doing karate for 18 years or something or you know whatever it was 10 years no more than that but um so I, I immediately thought well I'm you know he does Jeet Kune Do what Bruce Lee did that's what I wanted to do anyway so I kind of binned karate for a couple of years when I was at uni and um, started training Jeet Kune Do that club uh, folded as a lot of uni clubs will because you know they move on and then I, I got into some uh, Thai boxing for about 18 months uh, did a bit of Wing Chun and just started to you know broaden my horizons on the martial arts scene um, and uh, you know so that was my sort of grounding in starting to see what what else was in in the martial arts and you know, in, in relation to my karate journey, it ultimately led me back to karate at a later point. And then from that point, I've been very much uh, a growing karate enthusiast. Would you yeah. say that all those other um, styles that you found from university contribute to you now being, you know, still progressing with your karate? You know, do they, do they make you a better? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because I remember um, I was very much into my my Jeet Kune Do, but I started to see a lot of similarities between some of the arts we'd sort of cover in our JKD training. Um, and I think, oh, that's just like that kata that we do in karate. And that's just like that move that we do. And so I, I remember having the thought one day that um, my... JKD and all my cross training had was helping me understand my karate more and I felt like I had a responsibility at that point to share that knowledge you know just and I, and I hadn't I hadn't decided it was going to be this or that but um, at that time we'd moved we'd just moved from um, we just moved to Abingdon in Oxfordshire um, when my wife had got a job after university in Canterbury and um, one of the guys that I was training with we were both going because my wife was uh, teaching uh, you know fitness classes like aerobics and then she got into Les Mills BTS sort of all that stuff and one of the classes was body combat so we're like well that's like a, that's manly enough that we can go and <laughs> do some, do some aerobics <laughs> So I met this, I met uh, Rich, my, my mate Richard Smith, and he was like a huge martial arts movie fan. So Virginia's like, you've got you to meet this guy Rich because he loves martial arts. He comes to body combat, you should come to body combat. So I went to body combat, you know, came out dripping and hangs. My wife's the beast of a coach. And um, yeah, we, we kind of hit it off with the martial arts thing. And then, you know, I ended up teaching him uh Jeet Kune Do and karate, uh, but he he ultimately wanted to go with JKD. But that was kind of the you know the trigger then for me to to sort of get back more into my my karate in like a serious way, 
and you know I rejoined my association and then yeah started started to progress forward from there cool so then on the on that journey so that's you know you're looking at 10 10 15 years into your journey so far and then plus where up to where you are now but what sort of what are the key values that you've taken from all of your years both participating and coaching martial arts what are the key values of the martial arts sort of world that you can then apply into the rest of your life particularly being a business owner Hmm. i think um you know everyone everyone likes to promote values of martial arts on their marketing for their club um and you know they're, they're they're true values but they're only held by the people that I, w- I would say get you know move on towards their their black belt or that not that those other people who won't hold those values but the people that continue in martial arts I think will have a, a clear understanding of some of those values that you know we use for marketing and uh, for myself I think definitely um, the the value of persistence you know persistence in a, in pursuit of a goal the skills of goal setting you know um, i think that's a skill rather than a value um honesty you know it's it's one of the great things about martial arts there are loads of bullshitters out there but the true martial arts guys will just tell you you know tell you how it is I think there's a lot of compassion in martial arts, um, though I don't always show it. And um, integrity is, you know, a huge thing. Uh, you know, for for someone who is truly in into living a martial arts lifestyle, um, and you know, you have that, you have respect for the people around you because. You know, we talk about respect to martial arts, and I think it's it's the it's the respect that of other people because you know you could they could hurt you, and you know you could hurt them. You'd have to be skillful to hurt someone, but you have that understanding it could happen, and and the fact that you don't want it to happen creates that kind of level of respect between people. It also makes you think about consequence i i believe and i think that's why a lot of martial arts people are very anti-violence because they can understand the the parameters around that violent situation um so uh, you know self-discipline is is a big thing i think that's something that's really driven me you know looking back now uh as, as a real um force in my life is that there's that discipline but also i think martial arts brings a sense of achievement because you're almost trained to train towards the next achievement you know and you get that and then it's like right let's go on to the next achievement which is the next belt but we've got that let's go on to the next one because you have to get a black belt to be you know recognized in martial arts if you say to someone i've got my yellow belt they'll be like nice one you know but a black belt, regardless of whether you do martial arts or not, is something that people go, oh, you know, there's, there's work behind that. So 
you know, I don't know if, if it's that grading process has put into me that mindset of an achievement is done and then we go on to the next one or or whether that's, you know, influence from my, my dad because he was a very high-level basketball official and a top international referee um, and someone who I always saw out there working. We, we go on holiday in menorca to my aunt's house and it'd be two o'clock in the afternoon so god knows what the temperature is at two o'clock in the afternoon menorca he was doing the bleep test up and down the road beep 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 you know and uh yes i think maybe a combination of those things but i I think there is a lot of value if you go to a, a proper martial arts club where they teach uh, martial arts for the benefit of the student and not for the accolade of the academy winning a championship or whatever it is then I think you know people can can learn a lot about themselves um, as well as learning you know something that might might you know help them out in a in a sticky situation or more more than likely just prevent that situation ever occurring yeah, because it's more than just the sort of the fight skills, isn't it? There's so much more to it. There's so many more layers than that. And and like obviously you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, you've um, started investing in yourself a little bit more about, mm-hmm. you know, working out, you know, what it means to to recognize what you've achieved. Yeah. It kind of brings me on to the well-being side of things. How wh- What do you place on your own well-being now as opposed to, let's say, 10 years ago? Yeah, so um, you know, I think when when people are younger, they don't have a, any real focus. Well, I certainly had no focus on my well-being, uh, other than I knew I needed to be fit and healthy. Um, and I think uh, until you have any real life experience, then it's hard to place a value on that. So as your life experience grows, your understanding of what you need, uh, you know, for yourself and to live a healthy life, you know, can't expand. So, although some people manage it much younger than I did. Um, but yeah, so I, I, when we opened the dojo in 2012, the, um, you know, the whole sort of world changed for me because I went from it being me to employing staff to overheads I never knew existed to taxes to, uh, loads more customers who all had different needs and demands and it became a real shit show and I realized at that point my coaching was really bad you know I was I was an angry coach a shouty coach and I just thought this is not me this is not you know who I want to be it's definitely not the sort of coach I want to be and it's not the sort of leader I want to become uh, and I was fortuitous that one of my students had given me a book by Martin Rooney which focused on training methods using different martial arts for fitness. Um, But a lot of his philosophy really connected with me in the book. And then I think when we're on holiday in Cyprus in about 2014, uh, there's a Facebook advert. I think it was a Facebook advert or something anyway. And I just clicked on it and it was Martin. He was talking about being a coach, what being a coach meant. Uh, what you know what that meant for the student but what it meant for you as a person as well and it just like was a sledgehammer it just fucking hit me 
And I was like, that's what I'm doing. And I just picked up the phone in Cyprus, called the US, and I was like, how do I join? You know, sign me up. And so that was the first time I think I did something for me as opposed to, you know, how, you know, what's best for the student. Um, and then, you know, things definitely improved for me for a long time period. And then again, I had a tough time uh, in business um, about 2000 and 2016, I think it was. I had a real, really tough time. And I, you know, got through it. But after that time, I, I, I kind of thought to myself, you know, I just feel like things aren't right. You know, things aren't right for me. Um, I'm still angry about a lot of stuff. Uh, and, you know, the business isn't doing what I want it to do. I'm not happy with my relationship with my wife or my kids. Uh, not that I don't love them, but I just don't feel I am being a good husband and or a good father or that uh, I'm not being the best version of me. And it was like a real, you know, sort of grinding sensation that I was just fucking, I was fucking stuck. And I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, by the way. It's going to sound like it's easy. <laughs> I was on Facebook. <laughs> and I saw this. Um, Too much time on your hands, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this advert for, uh, for Wake Up Warrior. Um, it's a group called Warrior, which is weird that there's training for us and there's Wake Up Warrior, totally separate organizations. Again, American. Um, and there's a guy called Garrett J. White who heads Warrior, and he was all about, um, you know, men being stuck in a stale kind of state of life not knowing how to go forward, not having a great relationship, not being great at business and all these things. And I was like, fucking hell, that is me. That is me right there. Um, and actually the, the, the reason that I, um, the, I didn't want to join Warrior, but I wanted the Warrior book. And I'd, I'd heard through someone about this book, that was it, I'd heard through someone about this book called the Warrior book. And he's like, it's a fucking amazing book. You should read it. So so this guy, and he's like, you know, get the warrior book now. That was it. It was like, get the warrior book. It's like, yes, that's what I, this guy's just told me about this book. So go on. It's like $100 for this book, um, which I was like, wow, it's an expensive book. Yeah. But with the book, you got a 30-day free, um, you know, training program. So, so you can't buy the book. You have to do the training program if you're going to get the book. Um, and I, I was like, well, yeah, you know, what's the worst that can happen? So I joined, so I, I bought the book, joined the program, and then three years later, I'm still part of Warrior. Um, and for, for me, that was one of the, the biggest shifts I've, I've made in my well-being because Warrior focuses on uh, four areas, which is your body, so your health and fitness, your being, which is your connection to the universe, your purpose in life, your balance, your relationships, but primarily your family, you know, and friends, um, and then your business, so your career or 
you know, if you're a businessman, then so we're covering four areas of life and achieving in all four areas rather than being a great dad, but terrible businessman or an amazing businessman, but a terrible dad or great. Those two things, but I've got no life purpose or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and a few of the guys in training for is had been involved in this organization to some extent. And that's where I'd heard of it. Uh, so for me, it kind of ticked all the boxes right then. Uh, I think it was 2018 that I joined. Um, and that was, so that was my sort of second thing, second time I'd really thought about what do I need, uh, in order to feel like I'm the best version of me. And if I'm the best version of me, then I can be the best coach for other people, but I can be the best husband and I can be the best dad and I, you know, can be the best, the best businessman, et cetera, et cetera. And that was a big journey. You know, the, the initial 30 day program was fantastic. I thought, you know, some people did it. I recommend it to people. I'm like, that's just like weird bullshit. You know, why would you do that? But for me, it was just perfect. Um, and then we're in now 2021. So two years on from that, 2020, again, sort of doing a lot of good stuff with Warrior, and it definitely made a massive impact on me in business, in, in all aspects, but still got a shit temper still have points where um you know just emotion overwhelms me and i'm like this is not like i'm not self fixing the stuff i want to fix you know i've done all the stuff they're saying i'm committed i'm getting up at five in the morning i'm doing my core for you know an hour of focus on me before the day starts um you know doing my fitness doing my messaging my family meditating journaling and then planning my day planning my week what you know my business etc etc learning about stuff like that um and all of that made has made a huge difference but i knew that it hasn't really got to the root of what i'm looking for um and that's when i that that at that point i thought i know this person who does is a is a counselor you know is a therapist and I've always thought of therapy as something that people do when they're weak, you know, because they can't sort their own shit out and they want someone to feel sorry for them. And, um, you know, so, I'll, I'll, so they get therapy because they can't handle their own mess. And it's actually the complete opposite of that. It's, it is the greatest gift I've ever given myself. And it's the most courageous thing I've ever done as a, a man um and it has unlocked uh you know unlocked parts of me that i definitely wouldn't have achieved as a per uh, you know on my own um it's something that i know some people still laugh at and think is funny um fuck them and uh, you know it, it this person my coach is is amazing just amazing and and I know it's not going to be a short-term click my fingers and it goes away um but it, it's something that although I've found extremely hard and difficult it has given me a new lease of life 
and give me a new perspective on many things. And I'm definitely, definitely the best thing I've done in terms of my own well-being. That's really, really, really awesome to hear that on, on many levels. But firstly, for yourself, you know, the way you put put that so eloquently about what it's bringing to you, taking that, you know, everything you were doing with that warrior system was all leading in the right direction, but not quite enough. And then you identified that and you've you've done something about it, which, you know, it, it was was a what sounds like a very, very hard step to take, but actually so worthwhile. And if we go back a few steps talking about the, the issues you've had with the business, you know, launching a business and not necessarily knowing what was coming around the corner at you with the, the overheads, the costs, the hiring people, the, you know, the, I run a couple of businesses. There's some weeks where you're really hating it for whatever reason. And then other weeks, it's the best thing you've ever done. And it's this up and down journey that is a bit traumatic from time to time. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people, and you said it yourself, particularly men, that get into this scenario of, you know, I need to help myself, but I don't know how but I'm not going to tell anyone or ask for help. And that yeah. is the kind of the beginning of that spiral down out of control, which leads to the frustration, to the anger, to the, you know, the, the not looking after yourself and the damaging relationships and damaging habits that that can cause. So mm. it's really great to hear that you've identified that and you've taken that step. And I've, uh, you know, the listeners will know I've, I've, I've been to therapy from time to time myself, and it is one of the most valuable things that's allowed me to be where I am today with what I've got in my life. And I'll be forever grateful for that process. And, you know, from time to time, I'm sure I'll probably need it again. And it's part of accepting help and accepting of you're on a journey of finding out more about yourself and who you are and what you are, which is ultimately a really cool journey. So I'm really, really pleased and really grateful that you shared that both with me and the listener because it's it is inspiring and it's you know for somebody who comes from you know that potentially quite a sort of macho background of the martial arts and the you know the fighting, the strength, the power, the speed, and all this kind of stuff to then actually open up and become vulnerable is really yeah. strong. I really yeah. appreciate that. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Um, and it, and it kind of your life has, I guess your life has taken a bit of a shift recently moving up north to, to Bassenthwaite in the lakes. Um, yeah. You sent me a couple of pictures the other day, which I kind of didn't even want to look at because they were too, too, too beautiful. Yeah. Um, what's, what's taken you up there? Um, well, initially, uh, family, uh, you know, my, my family have all lived in Northumberland. Um, my wife's family about five years ago moved to Knaresborough. And, um, you know, I've lived in the South since 1997. And um, my dad had a stroke about, I don't know how long ago it was now, maybe four years ago, three years ago, uh, and, you know, a bad stroke. Uh, and um, But he recovered fully, thankfully, from that. And at that time, I just started to think, you know, uh, how often do I get to see my mum and dad? And it was probably, you know, twice a year, three three times a year on a good run and they're in you know they're in their 70s and it was just one of those those you know life events where you think what's important you know what's important uh and family for me is is you know the most important thing so uh i spoke to my wife and i was like look i want to move i want us to move back north at, in the next five years 
and these are the reasons and she she was very understanding i think when her her parents moved up north as well it made a bit more sense so we kind of had this loose plan of moving to northumberland uh, for those for those reasons um and then about i don't know a year yeah probably just a year ago she was like i'm not i can't move to northumberland uh she said but i could move to the lake district and i was just like i don't yeah i was like i love the lake district it's north it's two hours from both our parents great that's fine let's do that um and there wasn't really a plan to own a, a business in in the lake district but I guess where you know my wife also runs a nutritional therapy business and she's had her own uh, online Pilates business for a while and things like that and she's part of my business you know what was my business became our business so she's a driven person as well and um, she's like I want to I think when we move there we should look at um, you know doing some sort of holiday let or something like that uh, and yeah we ultimately found found this amazing house on Bassenthwaite Lake called Oosbridge Guest House and we just thought it's we don't know anything about hospitality really but we're both pretty driven we're both pretty competent we both want to look outside the window and see a mountain and a lake so let's give that a go and and that's uh yeah, so it's a new challenge for us, but something we're both committed to. And I think the great thing about that part of our journey is it's really the first time that we've we've had a a unified goal as a couple that it wasn't my business that Virginia's drawing. It's not her business that I've you know helped with. It's something we were both approaching together, and I, and that's not something we've ever done really before in terms of a career so i think that was pretty exciting uh to do that yeah that's really cool really cool i love the lake district and i wish i could come up more often but next time i do i'm definitely going to pop in and come and have a swim in that lake yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but ben it's um it's been a real pleasure chatting to you about you know everything that you've done it's really great to hear about what you're doing now in terms of you know prioritizing that well-being and you know family comes first it's a really strong message and I, um i really appreciate you coming on the pod it's been really cool to have you on and yeah thanks for opening up it's not always the easiest thing to do but i'm, I'm sure i appreciate it and i'm sure the listeners will really appreciate it too so mate thank you very much really appreciate it and um i'll definitely check in with you next time i'm up in the lakes nice absolute pleasure ali thanks for having me on hey you're welcome um, yeah i i enjoyed it thanks very much no problem so guys thanks very much for tuning in again we're going to bring you some more uh, awesome content as of next week look after yourselves and stay positive cheers everyone